our top story this morning. A One bust in Maplewood, that's where Jeff Frilly stayed. Transportation with rising gas prices. This is Real News Talk. We bring you the hottest topics, conversation, and digital radio entertainment, all at the speed of news. And now, here's your host. Welcome to Real News Talk. I'm Zach Lewis, uh, sitting here with Matt Stoker over on video. Unfortunately, we don't have a camera for Matt, so he's going to be a little quiet this episode, but he will be around if... I end up flubbing this interview, which does happen sometimes. I am also sitting here with one David Call. David, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Zach. Yeah. We're so glad to be here. And also Jordan Roberts. Jordan, welcome. Thank you. So, we're here talking about an event. And it's interesting because the last couple episodes of Real News Talk we've done have been a little bit more... They've been a little bit more of a character study. They're about people. And this one isn't quite that way. Um, but I do want to talk about both of you at some point because I think what you're doing is really engaging. And I want to see where you're coming from. But before we get there, let's talk about this event. I don't want to steal the stage for this. I think you two can say it better than I can. Tell me about what you've got coming up. Sure. So the Warren Center is celebrating 50 years of serving Dallas communities next year. And we're kicking off that 50-year celebration with our big Art of Music Gala. It's our second year doing this um, and headlining this year. We're really excited. Y'all are actually the first people to hear it. It's going to be Vivian Green. Oh, wow. Um, so we're also going to feature three other artists paired, music, musical artists paired with a physical artist. And then afterwards, it will be a big fun dance party um, with a live auction. You are both co-chairs of this event that's correct i was doing a little bit of research about last year's event and i don't know if this will make it into the actual episode or not but i wanted to ask about one other individual here yes ben smithy is he involved he was he actually came up with the idea for the art of music gala okay and i co-chaired with him last year for the first year gotcha so he's in new york so he's still involved on the music side but a little bit more um not as spearheading as he was all right, sure. Ben K. All right, ben, ben with the inception. We'll get back to that. Yes. Before we get too far into the event, let's talk about both of you. Uh, if it's David, if you don't mind, we'll start with you. Okay. I did a little bit of research for the show because every once in a while I do that. Uh, you started in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, that's you, correct. You moved to Dallas in 93. Yes. You started David Call Designs in 95. David Call Interiors, actually. Interiors, I'm yeah, sorry. That's and all right. Now you're doing David Call Designs? No, it's... Still it's, interiors? It's the interiors. Oh, gosh. Yes, yes. Um, it's the it's the email address versus what the name of the company is because, of course, we couldn't get David Call Interiors because somebody else in some random country has it. So we had to go with David Call Designs. How'd you get into design work? Uh, actually, it is a funny accident. Um, I'll try to keep this short, but when I was very young, uh, we were brought up in a very financially strapped type of area. Uh, there was no opportunity. There was nobody ever went to college. It was that type of story that we've all heard almost from the Roseanne type of TV show sitcom. It's very Midwest. Yeah, very, very Oklahoma. Yeah. Right. And we lived in a very small town, so we didn't have very much visibility to what possibilities you could have. Wow. But early on, I knew that I wanted to be independent, and I graduated high school early. And so what I ended up doing is starting my first company when I was 19, and really? I kept that for six years. It wow. was 
somewhat of getting my budding experience into interior design. And entrepreneurship. Right. And so I kept it growing and growing. And then when I landed my feet in Dallas, once I got uh, assimilated into the culture of Dallas, which was a big shock, I ended up working for Neiman Marcus, which got me into meeting the right people for who I now collaborate with on their homes. So essentially, I learned the tools of the trade very early on by really apprenticing under some of the best designers in Tulsa, apprenticing in different areas that were essential to being a good interior designer, such as construction companies, cabinet builders, drapery workrooms, et cetera, et cetera. I got lucky enough to get offered, and I did it for free because I was young and hungry. And so that's kind of how it all started. I wasn't trained traditionally. I didn't go to school. Uh, we didn't have the opportunity. But having be under the wings of all those incredibly talented people, they saw that I had a natural gift. So I've merged the two of those. And now in Dallas since 93, um, I've been independent for 15 years and it just kept going. I wanted to follow up about natural <clears throat> gift because that's exactly where I was going. Thank you for the brilliant segue. Um, is design one of those things, yeah, you're just born with? Or is it something that can be learned? Is it something you kind of have to have an eye for? Or do you think it's something that's kind of innate? Because I, I think it's a left brain, right thing. I, left brain, right brain thing. I, I don't think it's for everybody, but I wanted to see what your thoughts were. Well, you're right. Uh, there are some people who are arm, armchair designers and other people who actually want to do it as a business. It's kind of hobby versus business. And um, really, I think part of it is that my personality and the way that my DNA is built, I have a natural creative flow, also being an Aquarian, uh, possibly. But I think it is more so that you have to have the entrepreneurial drive and the focus and the understanding of how personalities work and being able to work with people on a very, very personal level. That way you can actually work as an effective designer. You know, I was going to say something along the lines of, uh, like the great T-Pain said, you've got to want it, and then realize at the last second that was terrible and I shouldn't go that way. Well, you're right, because being an interior designer is about as glamorous as being a fashion model. Right. Essentially, it is a lot more work than people think it is, but if you love what you do, the amount of uh, work that it seems like it is dissipates because you love it more than most people would. Why do you think you were drawn to the idea of creating spaces versus creating, uh, I don't know, something like fashion design or, or painting? Why, what was it about interior design that really grabbed you? I think it's the fact that I get to affect people's uh, everyday lives so much more than fashion. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a very tactile planning type person. So it really tied into that side of my personality. My left and my right are integral. So I'm highly, highly organized, such as spreadsheets are my best friend, uh, aside of Jordan. <laughs> and But the creative side is what really gets me excited when I'm working with a client. You do seem like you know just a lot of people. It seems like you have a very broad network. And, and, and moving towards that, I want to ask, of course, Jordan Roberts sitting mm -hmm. here, how did you two get to know each other? Actually through the Warren Center. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, it was, it was very interesting that I, I got brought in very late in the game for last year, and she and Ben had already spearheaded a great deal of it. Wow. But her personality is so engaging 
that we immediately engaged together. So it, it was terrific because what her vision and what she already knew about what the gala was going to be, I was able to assimilate real fast into it because of her. Well, Jordan, I know you've got a background at SMU, and I know you were at the Warren Center when, when David got there. So can you help me fill in those blanks a little bit? Help me walk through how you got from A to B. Um, sure. So I did go to SMU, a proud pony. Mm. <laughs> and um, from there, I worked for a private Swiss bank and in wealth management, which was an amazing experience. And through that, you really do connect a lot in Dallas. I was raised in Dallas. Um, I dubbed here, and so my life was here. Um, so I met Ben. Ben invited me to a Warren Center event a couple years ago. And one day calls me up and his says, hey, Jordan, I had this idea while I was in the shower about pairing a musical artist with a physical artist and doing a big gala presentation. Would you want to be part of the committee? And I was like, yeah, I could be a committee member. That's not a huge, huge commitment. It's just a small amount of time. Well, about a month later, he calls me and goes, so I'm moving to New York. Do you mind chairing it? And I was like, sure. Why like not? At that point, <laughs> I could probably at that point not tell you what the Warren Center did. Had no clue what I was getting myself into. Um, and I can honestly say, I think for our whole committee last year, we really did mm -hmm. not know fully what we were getting ourselves into. Um, and I remember standing there the night of the event in last February and just being like, oh, oh my gosh, this was everything. Like we've worked so hard for this. The amount of man hours and people that went to make this night happen was just astonishing. And so it was exciting, but that's how I ended up there was kind of random circumstances that brought me to the Warren Center. And now I can't imagine it not being part of my life. Was there ever a point where you started to realize maybe this this whole entrepreneurship kind of thing wasn't that crazy? Because it's not for everybody. And it seems like both of you kind of have that in common. You're, you're willing to strike out on your own and kind of make something happen for yourselves. And other people kind of like the safety of working under a bigger umbrella. What do you think about that? You know, I think it just it ta does take a certain type of personality to yes. go out there and start it on your own. It's terrifying. Um, I've started a business. It failed miserably. It was terrifying, humbling but also some of the best lessons I've ever had. Um, I honestly believe that you learn more from failure than you ever do from success. So, you know, as far as being scared to start something, I think if you're passionate about it or you believe in the cause, you can pretty much do anything. You just gotta stay focused and that's the hardest part is staying focused, staying driven in it and not being scared to like make asks of friends and family. That's the most awkward part. Um, but everyone wants to see a charity in Dallas succeed. No one wants that not to happen. So I think that's always on your side. There are a lot of charities in Dallas. There's like a bajillion of them. Yeah. How did you two get tangled up specifically in the Warren Center of all places? There's so many things you could contribute to. And the Warren Center is unique because they were founded in 68. Long time. Like you said, 50th anniversary coming yes. up, which is quite the bar. It's, it's a little high up there, and we'll get to that, out in Richardson, Texas. And specifically... What does the Warren Center work towards? What, what, what do they represent? What are they for? So they help ch children and families uh, with developmental disorders um, from zero to about five to six years old. Mm -hmm. um, they come in and their therapists work in the home with the child and the family, uh, which is unique. And you're not just dropping your kid off and hoping that they learn something. You get to learn with your child. 
um, and each therapy is tailored to the child and whatever their needs are. It could be anything from speech to autism or what anything on that spectrum type thing. And um, I think it's amazing. They serve so many Dallas families. They've served over 20,000 in the past 50, 50 years. Um, right now they're doing about 900 a month. Doesn't matter if you can afford it or not. If you can't afford it, it's taken care of. That's through events like ours. Um, and I just can't, I'm not a parent, but I can't imagine, you know, you get this beautiful baby and they're not completely normal. Like something's wrong. And I think having that support of, of the Warren Center to help you get through that time and help your child live a more normal life and get to do things that you were told by your doctors they'll never get to do. Like one of our, um, one of the girls, she was told she'd never be able to walk. She has a cleft foot and uh, she walked in the fashion show two years ago. Wow. Because of the Warren Center. Um, you know, I think it's giving people a chance that can't do it themselves. Yeah. And it's it's heartwarming. And I mean, I, all charities in Dallas are heartwarming, of course. But I feel like so many get caught up in, in, in the promotion and the publicity that you don't often hear about ones like the Warren Center out in Little Richardson, Texas, actually doing something tremendous for 900 families. That's huge. Yeah. And something I don't think of when I think of something like that, and maybe it's a far stretch, is a gala which brings us to last year when you were chairing this. Um, you put on an event called Synesthesia. And I don't want to steal, steal the limelight on this one. Tell me about that. So, as I said, uh, Ben Smithy came up with this idea of pairing a musical artist with a physical artist. And we had a sculpturist, a painter, two painters, and a dress designer last year. And then we had some amazing musicians from people that produce for Disney all the time. We had Jamar Jones, who is just fantastic. And then headlighting, we had Jeff Coffin from Dave Matthews Band. And each of them wrote an original piece. And with that piece went an original piece of art. And we auctioned them off. But this idea came out of he was in the shower. And so he was Ben Smith, he was in the shower when he came up with this idea. So <laughs> All right, the shower. Some yeah. of the best thinking happens there. Apparently, because it was a major success, our um, I think our crowning moment was um, when all was said and done, we actually made $60,000, which first-year charities rarely ever even break even. So that was a huge, huge success. Right. That was tremendous. Uh, yeah. David, when we were talking about it uh, last week, I... I don't want to say you were surprised, but for the first year for a gala to happen, that's tr that's huge. I mean, that's that's a really big thing. How did that feel? Oh, it was amazing. Uh, I, the, I've been involved with nonprofits, as you said. There's so many of them. So many I've of been them. on top tiers of the planning of those for years and years. I even basically created one from another nonprofit, and the first year we only made five thousand dollars. The second year. We were upside down until I got uh, an angel oh, to give us $20,000, and we made 10000 So the fact that we made sixty the first year is, especially for what a lot of people would think of, the Warren Center has been around for almost 50 years, but it is in a grassroots-type location. There, it's not fancy. It is meant that to be there to achieve for the children what the goal is. And that's the same for a lot of the, the nonprofits is that they don't have glamorous buildings. But, you know, that's, that's where it was, you know, very surprising that we made that much. But it was because of the fact that the committee 
put together so many different levels of where the where the nonprofit could make money last year. And I think that was a big part of where we were able to achieve that. Lots of boots on the ground. And it always takes lots of boots. Right. And and <clears throat> like I said, that was something I kind of wanted to talk about the specifics of. Because, yeah, when I think of the Warren Center, I don't, I don't think of a gala. I don't think of something big and fancy. I don't think of bright lights. I don't think of a... Grammy-winning saxophonist from the Dave Matthews Band headlining. I don't think of a silent auction. I don't think of a seated dinner. And you guys managed to put all of this on from so few resources. How did you kind of gather that? Well, I think that was primarily from the group that we had collected. Uh, Courtney Edwards is the one who sought me out to come and be the creative director. Uh, my background in interior design and also in art uh, having been an art agent and representative for several years, I was very connected to the art community. So I aligned most of the artists that were given the scores to create their art project, if you will, right. for this. Um, and that is part of it. Uh, all of us uh, have a great amount of experience and connections. So that's where we were able to come together and when we all get together, about six of us, we're a force to be reckoned with because we start all, all of our um, all of our bullets go off at the same time about certain people. And we do collusion meetings uh, periodically where the top core of the committee uh, get together and just start emailing people and calling people. And we start having conversations that turns into this wonderful mushroom crowd, you know of possible connections to raise money yeah to get sponsors uh that's the biggest thing that we have and who were some of your sponsors last year um, La so last year mm -hmm. melody and rick rogers were our um, presenting sponsors and we were so thankful and they come back again this year as well with the moglia family foundation on behalf of joe moglia and amy hireman we also had richardson methodist last mm -hmm. year and this year um and Aries Capital and Reichard Insurance are both returning again. Wow. So we've had a lot of returning sponsorship, which is really great for us. Um, and then additional new sponsors are coming on this year. We have a huge shout out to Insperity. They're being a huge table sponsor. So it's exciting to see it grow and branch out because um, I think for David and I both, we had our friends buy tables and stuff like that. And all of them go, well, I'm going to get a table myself next year. So it kind of spreads that way, and um, people get excited about that. I, I also would want to say part of the core reason I think we've been successful is our team really likes to actually spend time together. Right. Um, like, we actually will just go grab dinner and not talk about the gala or anything. Like, we actually are, we're like fr almost friends first, I would say. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. um, and it, we just end up working really well. Like, I enjoy all of our meetings. They're not these tedious things. They're fun. We end up having a great time. Um, we've had watch parties at my house where we watched Wonder, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Oh, wow. So it ends up being, you know, we keep energized because of that, I think. So, you know, we were working on 2018 before the gala last year even went off. So you have to keep going and keep running. It's a marathon. Um, right. And I think it's it's incredible that you have that because I feel like and as unfortunate as I've talked to so many people that work with nonprofits or charities and do volunteer work primarily and they're miserable. <laughs> and you wouldn't think that would be a thing, but volunteer oh, I'm work is just that. I've heard hard. about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask about last year's theme before we move on: synesthesia, which is the sensation of 
experiencing two senses at the same time. Usually mm -hmm. one in response to another, like you see a color and you hear music mm -hmm. or you taste something and it smells like something else. Um, and I wanted to ask about kind of where that came from. You said Ben came up with it in the shower, but just to kind of draw it out a little bit, you had, and I don't know the exact matchup here, so correct me if I'm wrong. At one point you had a Disney composer mm -hmm working with music and you had an like an oil and painting artist painting you had a metal sculptor working with a fiddler you had like a jazz musician working with like a wood sculptor like all of these different mediums coming together um and, and kind of dancing with each other and i think it's a really 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 beautiful idea especially considering the cause um was there any kind of organization in that or was it like just playing a matching game like yeah we'll throw these two together it'll it'll be cool i mean all the matching goes to David. I just say with the theme of synesthesia, um, it's a technique that the Warren Center uses. Um, so that's kind of part of where the idea came from. And But all the matching, I, I'm more on the finance side. I'm that geek. Anything art-related, that is all David. <laughs> all right, David, uh, what do you have to say for yourself? Yeah, I guess it's on me. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, that's part of the reason that Courtney called me was because once they had synesthesia, but they needed to develop the event as an all-over gala, and they needed the big parts, however, to make it happen. And she knew that I could connect the artists that I had in my stable, if you will, with the music. And it made it even easier when we were talking to Tim Ishii about the music and the possible scores and the musicians they could use, having ready-made, shall I say, artists readily available that could work with, I'd already done the ask. So it was a matter of once I heard the musical scores, I then matched it to the artist because I knew that the artist could create something really wonderful out of that score. So that's how they were paired up. One of the things I think that's so impressive about, about your event wasn't just how much you raised in the first year, but yeah, it was the talent you brought in. Um, last year after the gala, Culture Map of all of all of all publications said that you threw the most talented gala in Dallas. Do you think that's true? And what did that feel like? No, I thank would, you, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> I we love would that. definitely say it was. And you know, there are some amazing um, galas out there that have a lot more funding than we do and can get some incredible talent. And that is so much fun and awesome to see. But I will say for what we had in a first year event, it was amazing. People were talking about, you know, goosebumps the entire time the program was going on. The t yeah, the talent on stage was just incredible. It was nothing like I've ever seen before. And I've been to pretty much every major event out there. And it was very, very impressive. It, huge, huge kudos to Tamishi and David for putting that all together. It was amazing. So moving on to this year, the second annual event, one of the things uh, that really stuck with me, David, last week when we talked, you said the second year of any event, any event is always the hardest. I've never planned an event. Why is that? What does that, yeah, what does that mean? Well, for me, and well, not for me, for any event, the first one, if it goes off really, really well, then it's kind of like you've got the follow-up and you hope that you can do it just gotta, as well. you got to meet that bar. Yeah. You've got to meet that bar. And that's where we always hope that the sponsors will see the benefit of having been involved and also the love factor of having been involved and that they will continue to support us so that we can raise that bar and make it just as good. 
part of what we are trying to do also is keep our budget low as much as possible, and but keeping it in the same place at the Southside Ballroom. And we're being very successful with that. And now we're just trying to secure more sponsors so we can keep the float of making this as amazing as it was last year. Because it truly was a full band stage and it was going for an hour and a half or almost two hours straight of live bands playing with the music and the art together. So it was quite a sensory experience, which is why it was called Synesthesia. This year, it's not called Synesthesia. It's called Wonderland. 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 Where did that come from? So I came up with the theme of Wonderland, and I just kind of thought of, we've talked about wanting to, you want to make the event even better next year. You want to get people engaged. So, you know, falling into this Wonderland, um, you know, Alice falls through the hole and ends up in this kind of, I'm going to take this from Stranger Things, but upside down world type of idea. And that's what I kind of thought would be so cool because it's going back to the childhood. It kind of draws on those strings of what these kids are going through right now and this amazement with the world. And I think, you know, everyone that's coming to the event has their real world stuff and leave it at the door, come in and experience some great music, fall in love with Wonderland and enjoy that space and that time. Um, that you get away. And so that's kind of where the idea came from. Um, I also thought the decor, I'm a decor fashion somewhat minded person. I thought the decor would be really cool. It'd be engaging, it'd get everyone involved. So that's where it, the idea of Wonderland came from. And we wanted to do a different theme each year to get people excited for it, so. I know you said Ben came up with synesthesia when he was in the shower. Yes. Did you know when you came up with Wonderland? Did you was it like you just you thought of it and thought that's it, that's got to be it, or was it like let me roll around it well, by everybody and see? Jordan and I were actually together when she came up with it, and oh, we were really? batting ideas of titles back yeah. and forth. We were really excited. Okay, what about this one? No, no, that just sends the wrong message. We were, we were going after what, perhaps. Um, perhaps themes of what have been done before, but with a different name, a different type of the way we could create off of, a different name of a similar theme. And that's when she popped up with Wonderland, and then we came up with, I believe, uh, th you know, seeing the world through a child's eyes. Yeah. And that's kind of what the Wonderland is, is being able to see the world through their eyes. And we're gonna try to create this event as if we're seeing it through their eyes. So it hopefully will be the Winter Wonderland or Alice in Wonderland through the kids' eyes, not through ours. One of the most spectacular things about any event is how so many people that go to it that usually don't know any better in their defense usually just kind of think, oh, well, this is cool. It's one night. It's one night out of my life. That's mm -hmm. it. Planning these things takes a lot longer. Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to plan last year's event, and how has that process changed for this year? Is it six months, a year? I oh, mean, oh, a, over a year. Over for a last year. year's oh, event wow. was almost two years. Oh my gosh! Uh, Especially for when you're doing the first, it takes much longer because there's all the development, the strategies, the getting the getting the group together, the committee together is is a, that's hard to assimilate. Right, you've got to draw those blueprints. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And this year, of course, we started, as Jordan did mention, uh, we were already talking about it before the gala even started last year. 
we were already formulating ideas, and then we hit the ground running the next week, I believe. Yeah, there and was no downtime. <laughs> no, no. No, and I think it shows. Yeah, clearly the work you put into it is reflected in the results. Um, what can people expect at this year's event that might be different from last year? I mean, say, or, or better yet, say I've never gone and I want to go. Um, I mean, are we going to get people in costumes? Is it going to be kind of low-key? Is there a seated dinner like last year, silent auction? Yeah. Wait. Give, so give me a little tease here. Definitely yeah. expect, if you went last year, more than that. If you've never been, um, we are thinking probably we'll have people in costume. We're thinking like the big flowers, all of that, the tea, tea pots and mm, sure. cups and all that. The themed yeah. interior. Playing cards. But also know that there's a um, silent auction table. So... You know, we've had some amazing donors give some stuff up to that. So get excited. Be ready to buy some good art. Um, and then this year we are only doing four artists. And we're actually going to have a big surprise at the end that's going to be a unique change from last year. Oh, wow. So we're really mm -hmm. excited about that. Um, it's going to be a little bit shorter of a program. It, you learn things when you do it one time. Um, it went a little too long last year. So we're cutting it back a little bit. Um, it will include the live auction of the pieces and the music. And then additionally, there's going to be a big after party, dance party. So, you know, wear your comfortable or bring some flats in your clutch because get ready to dance afterwards. We have an awesome band and everything. So it's going to be a little bit different than last year, um, but still to see the dinner, still the auction. That's fantastic. I know last year... You guys hit $60,000, which is incredible. I'm curious, what was your goal then, and do you have one now? Our goal was to just not lose money last yes, year. Right, indeed. <laughs> to get a decent article out in the next morning. Yeah, yeah sure. we were hoping for that, too. That's just that's the B12 shot we needed. Right. I can honest, we got in a lot of our, I'll be completely blunt about everything, um, about two weeks before the gala, we were still like, we need more money. Like, this is just not, like, enough. Like, oh, my we're, gosh. we're in the red. And we had amazing people pull out last minute. And I think that's when Toyota of Irving came in. Came in. Yeah, that was a, a relationship I developed with one of my clients who I do hope, if David and Diana, you're listening, <laughs> that you will come to us again this year. Come on, David and Di. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that last couple minutes, we we're like, oh my gosh, this is, we might lose money. Um, for this year, we learned a lot of lessons. So we started the ask, we started the table sales way early on. So we've secured a good amount of funding. We still need a, a heavy amount more, um, but those are lessons you learn along the way. And it's nice when you can like show a video of the gala and you actually know what it looks like because the first year we're trying to explain it, but we don't even know what it's gonna turn out like. So this year we're very hopeful to raise even more money because the Warren Center really needs it. Um, the state of Texas has cut funding to them and um, insurance is all over the place as everyone knows. Indeed. So there's families that really, really need what the Warren Center does and they really need the funding. So, so to bring us full circle, say somebody hears this and they're interested. When's the event? How can they get involved? Sure. The, the event itself is February 10th. It's going to be at the Southside Ballroom. Uh, and the, the time probably could be about 6 p.m. Uh, the tickets are $250 on up. Tables start at $2,500. And also sponsorships are available. 
And it can yeah. all be found on the Warren Center's website. They have a link to our gala on there. And also, if it's posted today or tomorrow, <laughs> uh, tomorrow night at Zaza, we're having a kickoff party. Um, David and I have a big surprise for everyone that does attend. And it starts at 6. And we're welcoming anyone that's interested to learn about what the Warren Center does as well. If they're interested in becoming a sponsor or looking at getting a table, that will all be available to them at Zaza. That's fantastic. Yeah, and Hotel Zaza, for those who aren't familiar, is on Leonard Street. It's very close. It's on McKinney Avenue, and it's very close to Maple mm -hmm. Avenue. And so uh, that will be something that won't want to be missed if you can. This is for people who want to see and be more involved. As you mentioned, Zach, People, if they want to be involved, please come. Sure. And they should because, again, it's it really is an incredible cause. I feel like that's said so often in interviews about local charities. But I mean it this time, I swear. Um, I wanted to ask about – I love this as a podcast because I totally just lost my train of thought. Oh, and by the way, no Go ahead. for Sorry. the Hotel Zaza, this is not a cost event. This is a fundraising evening tomorrow night. So there is no cost. Wow. Zaza was kind enough to donate their yes. ballroom and everything. They're amazing sponsors to us, so we really they, appreciate yes. it. And before we go, I, I want to, you two, of course, make this possible, but I also want to give another plug to the sponsors that make this possible. So please, yeah, who yeah. will be sponsoring this so, year? Once again, huge thank you to our presenting sponsors, the Moglia Family Foundation on behalf of Joe Moglia and Amy Hireman, uh, Melody and Rick Rogers, again, being a presenting sponsor is awesome. Also, Richardson Methodist, Aries Capital, and Insperity. We really appreciate everything they're doing for us. And so, we also thank in advance all of those sponsors who are we're hoping are going to come <laughs> and join them. Of course. And anybody who can make the event. Yes. Yeah. Come out. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh, yes. Well, Jordan, David, where can people find out more about you, about the two of you? Yeah, where can people find out what you've got going on? Well, you can go to warrencenter.org to find <laughs> out about this, the, this event. Of course. You can go to, uh, you can find me anywhere on social media. David Call, last name spelled C-A-L-L. -L, uh, primarily davidcalldesigns.com is my website. And then also, I just so happen to have opened up a new art gallery in Frisco. Oh, wow. Where I'm opening up David Call Interiors Frisco branch within the gallery. And it is an incredible resource for the old downtown area, keeping the charm, but adding a, a new life to it. And so that is at friscofineart.com. So that is a new business venture that I've gotten involved in with my business partner, Randy Jacobs. Well, congrats, David. That's true. So all of this is very unique to uh, my rise, shall we say, in business in that I'm really hoping that my company both of them can help with the warren center and that's what we're hoping to do that's why having having this brevity allows us to have the influence well yeah congrats and jordan where can people find out more about you um so jordan roberts on facebook i'm a white girl i tend to post most things on instagram so <laughs> jordan s roberts 08 <laughs> if anyone really wants to follow my instagram um, probably the two best ways to find stuff about me. Again, please check out the WarrenCenter.org and check out Wonderland on February 10th. It's going to be a blast. David, Jordan, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thank you. Thank you.
destination for premium talk radio.